Halloween was my favorite holiday. The elaborate costumes and abundance of candy are the perfect combination to make a child swoon. I would get excited seeing pumpkin-flavored items slowly creep out onto shelves. It is the one night a year you're allowed to take candy from strangers. There's a magic in the air that makes you want to turn your carriage back into a pumpkin and your jekylls into hides. One Halloween, I discovered how enchanting the holiday can be. As I strolled through the vibrant, overstuffed aisles of Mr. Zoom's costume room, a yearly tradition for Halloween costume shopping, I ran my fingers over the textured fabrics, wondering what I wanted to be that year. I had spent the past month studying ancient Egyptian culture in school and was fascinated with the beautiful clothing they wore. I searched the racks for dresses with gold and jewels when my mom held up a giant polyester taco costume. I will never understand why everyone loves to wear food as a costume. Talk about cheesy! She laughed, pointing to the orange rectangles dangling from the brown fabric that was supposed to be the meat. When I didn't return the laugh, she put the costume back on the rack and looked concerned. What's wrong, sweetie? I think I want to be Cleopatra this year but I don't see any dresses like hers. I'm sure there's one around here, we'll just ask. As if he heard what she was about to say, Mr. Zoom appeared from around the end of the aisle. He had a large mustache that slightly curled at the ends and was wearing his bright purple suit he wore every year at Halloween time. He looked like a fat version of the Joker. Welcome, friends. What dazzling ensembles can I help you find today? He said with a grin. I want to be Cleopatra, but I can't seem to find any dresses like hers. Ah, you would make a perfect Egyptian queen. He walked over to the wall and dug deep into a rack stuffed with plastic gladiator chest armor and renaissance gowns. He pulled out a white satin dress adorned with gold trim and rhinestones that glistened under the fluorescent lights. It was exactly what I was looking for. That's the prettiest dress I've ever seen! I ran over and draped it across my body while it was still on the hanger. Mom, can I get it, please? I did a twirl as I looked in a finger-smudged mirror that leaned against one of the racks. I have one more thing that I think will be perfect for a young Cleopatra like yourself. 
said Mr. Zoom as he walked back behind the checkout counter and leaned down into the display case filled with dusty jewelry boxes and gaudy jewelry. He pulled out a large red felt box with symbols that seemed familiar. They were hieroglyphics I had seen in my history textbook. He opened the box and there in the center was a glistening gold neck collar with sapphire jewels, the same you would see on ancient Egyptian royalty. I just got this in today, and a true queen needs the gold to go along with her title. Mr. Zoom placed the box in my hand. I was mesmerized by the blue, iridescent light radiating from the row of sapphires. Now that looks too fancy for a Halloween costume, Mr. Zoom, said my mom, taking the box out of my hand and gave it back to him. Nonsense. This necklace is part of the costume. He gave it back to me with a wink. I took the large necklace out of the box and placed it around my neck. It was heavier than I thought it would be. I looked at myself in the floor-length mirror again, tracing the necklace with my fingers. Above my head, I saw two glowing blue lights turn on, just like the color of the sapphires. I turned around to look at where they were coming from, but as soon as I did, the lights vanished. Probably something electronic in his back room, I thought. On the night of Halloween, I had my dress laid out on my bed with the sapphire neck collar shining beside it. I brushed my hair in my mirror when I felt soft fur on my leg. I bent down and petted my brown and black tabby cat Lynx as he purred. He hopped up on the bed, walked over my dress, and was mesmerized by the light reflecting off the sapphires. He swatted at the necklace with his paw, and I heard it jingle. What are you doing? Lynx, no! He knocked it on the floor and pounced on it as if it was his prey. I grabbed it out of his mouth and he scurried away. I noticed one of the jewels had fallen off in the shuffle. You stupid cat! I didn't see the sapphire anywhere on the ground. I finished getting dressed and glanced through my window at the auburn hue stretched across the sky. The moon peeked out behind the rust-colored leaves of the forest next door, beckoning the trick-or-treaters to start their adventures. I was taking in the beautiful view when I saw the blue lights again at the bottom of one of the trees. They stared at me without pause, and I felt like I was being watched. Could they be eyes? The doorbell rang, and they disappeared. Maybe someone's pet got out, I thought, but couldn't assure myself this time. I'll get it, Mom! I yelled as I ran for the door. When I opened it, my two best friends, Cindy and Jen, were out front. Cindy was wearing a medieval princess costume, while Jen was wearing a cardboard bread cutout around her neck and a beret. What are you supposed to be, Jen? I'm French toast! See the beret and the toast? She said, pointing at her costume accessories. I told her it wasn't that funny. Cindy chuckled, shaking her head. But look at your costume! That dress is gorgeous! It came with this perfect necklace, too. But Lynx knocked one of the jewels off. My mom entered, interrupting. Don't you all look fabulous this year? She had her digital camera at the poise to be our personal paparazzi. Let's have the piece of bread in the front and our princess and queen behind her. It's French toast, Mrs. Davidson, cried Jen. We gotta go, Mom. The big candy bars will be taken. I said, grabbing my candy pail and headed for the door. Stay in the neighborhood and only go to the houses with the lights on. My mom yelled after us as we raced down the driveway, ready for our candy-acquiring adventure to begin. 
Our block was part of a suburban neighborhood still in development with a few dense wooded lots in between some of the houses. We passed the part of the street that had the biggest stretch of woods when a glow popped up in my peripherals. I stopped as Cindy and Jen kept going. I looked into the woods and saw the same glowing blue eyes I had seen outside my window. Guys, hold on a sec. I shouted at them as I walked towards the unblinking gaze. Why are you stopping? If we don't hurry, all the good candy is going to be gone. They came back to join me, and the eyes disappeared again. I think something's following me. I pulled apart branches to try to see if I could find any evidence something had been there, but all I could see was darkness. I don't see anything, said Jen, squatting down to tie her shoelace. I saw two glowing blue eyes at the costume shop, and then again outside my window when I was getting ready. And now, I just saw them again in the woods. Somebody's dog probably got out and thinks Jen looks like a tasty snack, joked Cindy. You're just jealous of my clever costume. Jen pulled on one of Cindy's braids. Did either of you bring a flashlight? I always bring one with me at night, boasted Cindy, handing me a small metallic red flashlight with a keychain on the end. The flashlight was dim, and I could only see about ten feet in front of me. The leaves crunched under our feet as we made our way through the trees. There was no sign of any wildlife. I shined the flashlight over the trees in every direction. There was nothing out of the ordinary except the occasional fast food wrapper. I guess it ran away. Let's get out of here. We all turned around to go back to the road. I aimed the flashlight towards the upper tree branches investigating when I tripped over something and stumbled. It felt too lumpy and soft to be a rock. I followed the flashlight beam down and saw a pile of bandages. Wait, look at this. I tried picking up one of the bandages and they were stuck together. This kind of looks like... It dawned on me as I noticed two bandaged triangles at the top of the lump. Ears. This looked exactly like the mummified cats I had seen in my history textbook. I was horrified. What is it? Asked Cindy, poking it with her finger. I think it's a cat. A mummified cat. That's disgusting. Cindy wiped her finger on her dress, repulsed, and ran behind me. What should we do with it? Asked Jen. Leave it here. It probably has rabies. I remembered my textbook said cats were sacred animals that were mummified as offerings to a cat goddess when they passed. I thought disturbing it would be bad luck for us. Maybe we can contact the museum tomorrow and see if they're missing one. It's moving! cried Cindy. The bandages were rustling in the shaking yellow beam of the flashlight I still had in my trembling hands. Zombie cat! whispered Jen, squeezing my arm in fear. We waited as it struggled for a minute, but couldn't break free from the bandages. I didn't want it to suffocate if it was alive. I gave the flashlight to Cindy. I unwrapped the top layer of bandages. It had to be at least five layers thick. I got to the last layer and saw a patch of fur stuck out. A brown and black patch, just like on Lynx. Oh no, it couldn't be. I started to unwrap him faster, hoping that another cat could have the same markings too. His feet kicked weakly as they were released. 
Finally, I unwrapped the head, and poor Lynx looked up at me with his yellow eyes, pleading for help. Oh, Lynx! How'd this happen to you? I picked him up and held him in my arms. He let out a weak meow. How'd your cat get here? Asked Cindy. I'm not sure. My mom never lets him outside. I should get him home, though. You guys can keep going without me. Are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. I'll catch up with you after I drop him off. We walked out of the woods back onto the road. Lynx fell asleep in my arms shortly after I started walking to my house. I thought maybe I let him out when we left the house, but my mom was by the door when we left. She would have caught him. And who would do this to a cat? I walked up my driveway and glanced over at the woods next to my house, where I saw the glowing eyes earlier. Nothing but darkness came from the woods. Mom, Lynx got out! I yelled, walking in and shut the door behind me. I could hear the radio on in the living room, and the smell of fresh-baked cookies wafted through the air, but my mom didn't answer. I went directly into the sitting room near the entryway where we kept Lynx's kitty bed. I placed him in it and went to the kitchen to grab his water bowl. There were fresh sugar cookies in the shape of pumpkins on the stove, just as I suspected. I grabbed one and bit into it as I picked up Lynx's water dish. I looked over the counter, past the kitchen table. The back door was wide open. That would explain how Lynx got out. I looked to the left towards the living room. I dropped the water bowl and the half-bitten cookie. Water splashed everywhere as I screamed. There was a mummy laying on my floor. It looked to be about my mom's height. Mom! I ran over and started pulling at the bandages as fast as I could. I tore several layers until I finally could see the clothes she had been wearing earlier that night. I couldn't help but break down in tears. Mom, please be okay. I tore at those bandages for what felt like eternity. I finally got her head out and checked her mouth and saw she was still breathing. I had no CPR experience and really wasn't sure what to do. I leaped up to grab the phone to call 911 when I heard a low growl behind me. I froze. I looked at the TV set in front of me that was turned off. The black screen created a mirror effect and I could see a large, dark figure behind me standing on two legs. The blue, glowing eyes reflected back at me. I slowly turned around, careful not to make any sudden movements. It was a wolf-like creature covered in midnight black fur with a body similar to a human's. Though its head was slimmer than a wolf and had tall, pointed ears and a long snout, the sapphire eyes were fixed on me, unblinking. The creature growled again and started walking towards me. I was terrified. I looked down at its hands, and there were sharp claws as well as thumbs. That thumb could turn me into a mummy. Please, I trembled, backing up and almost tripping on my mom. Please don't hurt me, is what I meant to say, but fear clogged my throat. I bumped into the TV and couldn't back up anymore. The creature came within a foot of me. I could feel the warmth from his breath on my cheek and his guttural growl vibrate through my bones. I recoiled as far as I could against the TV, 
the creature reached its arm up, and I winced as it grabbed at my throat. I screamed and brought my hands up, but his arm was gone, and my throat was still intact. I opened my eyes and saw he was running away towards the front door, with my neck collar hanging from his claw. I ran to the entryway to protect Lynx, but Lynx was still sleeping in his bed. The front door was wide open. The creature had left. I heard coughing coming from the living room. Mom! I shouted and raced back to her side and saw her sitting up. I had the strangest dream, dear, she said, propping herself up against the couch. You had just left, and I was taking cookies out of the oven when I saw... Well, it couldn't be. Saw what? There were two glowing eyes looking at me through the reflection on the microwave. Something fell over my eyes, and then I woke up here. Where's Cindy and Jen? Are you done trick-or-treating already? Yeah, we called it an early night. No good candy this year. I lied, shoving the bandages under the couch so she couldn't see. I helped her up. That's too bad. Well, luckily I made cookies and still have some candy in the candy bowl. I curled up on the couch with the fleece throw blanket that was waiting for me. Lynx walked into the living room, shaking his tiny head. He hopped up on the couch and snuggled into my legs. My history textbook was laying on the end table. I grabbed it and opened it up to the chapter I had read on mummies. I skimmed over the pages and saw a picture I must have missed before. A large, wolf-like dog creature stood on two legs with the staff in robes. On his neck was a golden sapphire neck collar. The same necklace I had been wearing with my costume. I read the caption under the picture. Anubis is the Egyptian god of mummification in the afterlife. He had the head of a jackal on the body of a man. Anubis. He must have mummified my mom and cat trying to find me to reclaim his necklace. I closed the textbook and stroked Lynx. He stood up in my lap and started coughing and heaving. You okay, buddy? His fur pulsed up and down on his spine as he regurgitated a hairball right onto my blanket. Gross! I exclaimed, throwing the blanket on the ground in disgust. The pile of hair and vomit tumbled across the floor. A blue sapphire jewel rolled out of the brown mess and stopped at the end of the coffee table. Glowing like the eye of the jackal, it was calling. We hope you enjoyed this spine-chilling story. For now you're stuck in strange territory. Wherever you go, the bazaar will follow through mysterious fog and eerie hollows. You can't hide behind brick and mortar when you're lost within the spooky quarter. The Spooky Quarter features narrator Megan Daniels, story host Johnny McCone, and story editing by Melanie Daniels. The following glow was written by Megan Daniels, 